We're uh, continuing our series on the Sermon on the Mount um, today. And we were in like a little mini thing, things that last, but now we're moving on to Jesus kind of like our, our, our ethic for how we treat people that maybe, um, don't, maybe we don't like. And so we're going to begin today. This is, this is a very famous passage. You've probably heard it before, but I, I'd like to pick it apart and, and kind of get inside to see what, what we might have missed as we've heard it in the past. And if this is new to you, it's an amazing teaching that has had a profound impact on, uh, human history. So let's take a look. This is from Matthew 5. You have heard that it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. Let him hit you you again. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, I'll explain tunics probably a better translation there in 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 a minute, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go to one, go one mile, go with them two miles. That's odd. We'll talk about that, why anyone would want you to walk with them. But uh, give to the one who asks you. Do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Those are some pretty, those are some pretty lofty commands. Well, the, but the, it's, it's all started based on a, a, a background context that we may not be familiar with. Notice that it says, you have heard that it was said. Well, have you heard that it was said, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth? Do you know where that comes from? Um, the people who are listening to Jesus definitely did because there's three places in the Old Testament where uh, the law, the Old Testament law says eye for eye and tooth for tooth. And what I'm going to suggest to you I'm going to suggest to you is that um, we're going to look at it and see what the, the context is, and we're going to we're going to see how Israel missed misunderstood. And so, to get a sense for how Israel misunderstood, I have a little clip here uh, from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is a, a, one of my favorite Marvel movies. Um, most of them now are terrible, but back back in the day, they used to make a good film. And there's a character in the Marvel uh, Guardians of the Galaxy movie named Drax the Destroyer, and he's an odd character. And what I want to suggest to you is pay attention to Drax and what kind of person he's like. And I want to I want to suggest that that the same kind of mistakes he makes about life is what Israel did with the law. So without further ado, let's let's meet Drax. Since you're yammering to relieve us from this urgent confinement. Yeah, I'll have to agree with the walking thesaurus on that one. Do not ever call me a thesaurus. It's just a metaphor, dude. His people are completely literal. Metaphors are gonna go over his head. Nothing goes over my head. My reflexes are too fast. I would catch it. I'm gonna die surrounded by the biggest idiots in the galaxy. So if you didn't quite catch that, uh, Drax takes everything literally. And so when someone says things are going to go over his head, he's like, no way, I'm too quick. I would catch it because he doesn't get that he's super hyper crazy literal. Well, I want to suggest to you that that's what Israel, super hyper crazy Israel and, and the teaching of the Old Testament went over their head. So let, let's see, let's see how it did. Here's the first example of eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth language in the Old Testament. If people are fighting, it's really two men in the Hebrew. If two men are, are fighting and hit a pregnant woman and she gives birth prematurely. So they, they, they're fighting, they roll around, they hit her in the belly and cause her to go into labor. If there's no uh, serious injury, the offender, the one who hit her, must be fined whatever the woman's husband demands and the court allows. 
But if there is serious Im- Im- uh, injury, that's when you are to take life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, bruise for bruise. What's going on here? Well, we, we don't live in, a, in a, a culture here in South Orange County where people are fighting all the time. But that the ancient world, life was cheap. And stuff like this happened. What a strange law, though. I mean, how often do you think this happens where two guys are fighting and then one of them, like, lands or knocks over a woman who's pregnant and causes her to go into labor? Well, I don't know. But if she does, what what tragic consequences may occur. It's possible that the baby will be forever damaged. It's possible that she will be forever damaged. It's possible they both might die because of your inattention. What is the point here? What is the point? The point of the law in Exodus is not about retaliation. Yes, it's important. They do want to have some very strict laws so that this kind of stuff doesn't happen. But the point here is that vulnerable women and babies should be protected at all costs. The point of the law is to scare you. If you're, if you're a fighter and you're a rabble rouser, don't do it around women, especially not pregnant ones. If you do, you are risking a lot. Why? Because women and babies are sacred and must be protected. Israel misses this. They, they take all the context away and they just say, eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. If someone hurts me, I'm going to hurt him back. They missed it. Again, here's uh, this one's from uh, Leviticus. Anyone who takes the life of a human being is to be put to death. Anyone who takes the life of someone's animal must make restitution. Life for life. Anyone who injures their neighbor is to be injured in the same manner. Fracture for fracture. Eye for eye. Tooth for tooth. The one who has inflicted the injury must suffer the same injury. Whoever kills an animal must make restitution. But whoever kills a human being is to be put to death. And guess what? It's not just for you, your your brother and sister Israelites. Oh no. You're going to have the same law for, for immigrants, for foreigners. I am Yahweh, your God. What's the point here? What is, what is this law for? Why is this law existing? What is it trying to teach us? Is it teaching us that we gotta, you know, every time someone bothers us, we gotta, we gotta bother them back? I mean, kinda, but really what it's trying to emphasize for us is how much God loves life. It's not, the, the point here is not retaliation. It, it, the way that re- retaliation law works in the Old Testament is it's a deterrent. We're going to see that in the next one. It's supposed to be like, hey, this is serious stuff. Like life is, God is the God of the living. He's the God of life. He, he cares about every single life, even animals, even foreigners. He cares about every life. Every life is sacred. That's why we have this law. So that you learn to love and protect life for all human beings and animals at all costs. Went right over Israel's head. Instead, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth became an excuse to retaliate anytime someone bothered you or hurt you. And we're going to see a little bit later what that, what, what that caused. But here's the last one. It's going to go over Israel's head again. If a malicious witness takes the stand to accuse someone of a crime, the two people involved in the dispute must stand in the presence of the Lord before the priests and the judges who are in office at the time. The judges must make a thorough investigation. If the witness proves to be a liar, 
giving false testimony, lying about a fellow Israelite, then do to the liar exactly what that uh, witness intended to do to the other party. You must purge this evil from you. And then the, the, that's when right there after that is when Deuteronomy goes in for eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. And then finally says this, if you do this, then no one will lie. Don't take pity. And if you, if you do, if you do that, if you don't take pity, if you, if you execute this, there will be no more liars because they're gonna be scared. What's the point? The point is that lying destroys communities. The point is that when you live in a society where people freely lie about each other, especially in courts, when, they, when the truth no longer matters, society breaks down completely. We're se- actually seeing this in our culture right now. About a year ago, we did um, a, uh, a, a sermon on um, the Ten Commandments, and one of them is don't bear false witness. And we saw what's happening in large parts of our culture and country where people just don't trust each other anymore. They don't, we don't trust authority anymore. When, when you turn on NBC News, if that, do you trust you know, what, I don't even know who the, who's the, who are the, fam- are there still famous, like, Dan Rather types? I haven't watched a lot, of, obviously, TV news. But, I, man, do I trust, you know, what my, what Gavin Newsom says to me? You know, do I, do I trust, I don't know, do I trust the people? And what happens when that gets, gets buried down deep in the hearts of everyone? The point is not about killing liars or forcing liars to have their hands chopped off or whatever it is. The point is about developing and maintaining and keeping sacred a high trust society. If we don't have that, everything's going to get broken down. And and so it has to be avoided at all costs. And that brings us to the first thing in your note sheets. The point of eye for an eye laws went over Israel's head. Israel took away the context of pregnant, pregnant women, took away the context of, of murder, took away the context of a, a society that's breaking down, and just, and just made this a very personal thing. Someone hurts you, hurt them back. Well, Jesus is going to take things to the next level. So let, let's look at what he says uh, again. Do not res- resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the turn the other. Hand over your coat as well. Don't, don't just give them the tunic. One, once you go one mile, go two. When someone offends you or takes advantage of you or hurts you, rather than retaliating, Jesus is saying, go, go big. <laughs> Do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. <laughs> what, what terrible advice. <laughs> but seriously. Let's take each one of those things that Jesus said. Okay, so the, the, the first one. Um, someone slaps you on one cheek and you turn the other. How's that going to work out for you? There's a, uh, <laughs> I just read today, or a couple days ago, um, there's a, 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 re- a restaurant in Seattle, downtown Seattle. And on February 4th, um, this restaurant, I have a picture of the... Yeah, it's on the top left there. This restaurant uh, was robbed for the 23rd time 
in two years. <laughs> yeah. The owner, uh, the last, you know, several, to like, like 15 times ago complained about it on, uh, you know, to the, the media or whatever. And a bunch of people came in and gave negative Yelp reviews. Like, this place is garbage. Don't go here. So he, like, had economic backlash on top of being robbed. Why is this happening? Well, because right now in Seattle, uh, after the defund the police movement, <laughs> there are very low, um, there's very low uh, uh, consequences for, for theft. Or no, or no consequences. And so this restaurant owner, he's been turning the other cheek, right? Yeah. It's going great. So, so now uh, he, he only reports, um, anonymously because he doesn't want to, he doesn't want the, uh, the activists to come after him. Or bullies, right? Bullies. What happens when you turn the other cheek to a bully? They keep taking your lunch money. Interesting. Okay, then, then Jesus says, okay, some, some guy's going to sue you for your shirt. Give him your coat or your cloak also. Okay, I, gotta, I don't know if you can see. This is from The Chosen. The Chosen does a pretty good job of, of uh, getting like a historical uh, look at what people wore and what life was like in, ancient, or in the ancient Near East. Um, the, the Greek terms there uh, that the get translated shirt and cloak uh, mean uh, tunic, which is the, uh, this, that's the first one, the shirt. The tunic is the, kind of like looks like a dress to us. Right, it, it's it's against your skin, and they didn't, you know, they, so they, and they were, weren't always wearing underwear. It was a different time, um, but and it covered, you know, all of you, right? And then you had a cloak on top of that. So if some guy, and the cloak, uh, the ones in the chosen are kind of like more form fitting, because they want you know the disciples to look really handsome. Um, but in general, that was actually a pretty baggy because you used it for protection. Right, so if someone took your shirt, your tunic, well, you'd be all right because you still have your cloak. You can still cover yourself up, right? But if they take your shirt, your tunic, and then you're like, "Here, take this too," <laughs> guess what just happens? You're naked now. When Jewish people heard this, they would have been horrified because uh, being naked in public was um, even more shameful to Jewish people than it is to us. Like, it, it, was, it was absolutely anathema. You could never do it. The youngsters here don't know Wimpy. I barely know Wimpy. He's the guy on the right with a the cheeseburger. There was a cartoon a long time ago called Popeye the Sailor Man. Popeye was a sailor man who uh, had very large forearms and was his superpower was if he ate spinach, he would be able to like beat up the bad guys. Well, Popeye's best friend is Wimpy and Wimpy was famous for coming around and being like, hey, I'll gladly pay you on Tuesday if you buy me a hamburger today. And he said this over and over and every single time Popeye's like, all right, I'll buy. this is back when a, a, a hamburger was five cents long time ago. So, and, and Popeye always does it every single time. He's like, all right, man, I'll get you a hamburger. He never got paid. Luckily he was in the Navy. So, you know, he could afford it. But imagine if anyone who came to you and asked to borrow and you're like, yes, every time. 
First off, I know what happens here um, with charity. I've seen it uh, many times. If you're too uh, generous with charity, people take advantage of it. There was a time in this church where a word got around in the community of people who are looking for handouts that we were very loose with our giving. And so people started coming. Like when, and it was, it was a little bit sketchy. There were times where we were actually concerned for our safety because of the types of folks who were coming in knowing that if they just asked, we'd say yes every single time. Well, if you, oh, oh, yeah, and then go the second mile, right? Okay, so uh, this Roman legion. We don't understand that because we don't live in a in a culture where we have an oppressive um, state that can uh, that can force us to do stuff yet. Um, but the Israelites lived under that. They lived under Roman rule, and from time to time, Roman legionaries uh, would would stop them, and they had the right to make them carry their stuff. Now, you, don't, you may not know, but uh, Roman legionnaires, their shields were about 50 pounds. Um, they carried a 60-pound rucksack. They carried two javelins, a, a sword, um, a chest plate of armor, and a helmet. All told, we don't know for sure, but they were rucking it with a lot of gear. Gear that most... <laughs> the, uh, the, the ex-army people know. <laughs> an amount of gear that most people couldn't handle, especially women. But they were required by law to do it. And so Jesus is like, hey, some legionnaire comes up and he's like, hey, carry my 200 pounds of stuff. I'm tired. We're just going to go for a little jaunt, just a mile. You're like, and Jesus is like, well, once you finish that first mile, give him another. If you haven't figured it out by now um, and, you, and you haven't been a part of our, our series, you need to know something about Jesus' teaching in the Sermon on the Mount. It relies heavily on hyperbole. Jesus doesn't actually expect you to do all this stuff because it's crazy and it would destroy you. But he's trying to make a point. That's the next thing in your note sheets. Jesus uses hyperbole to make a point about cycles of retaliation. Cycles of retaliation. What do we mean by that? Well, look again at the text. What, is, what are the issues that are being brought up? Okay, someone slaps you on the cheek. What does that do to you? What is that, what are we, what's your immediate response when someone slaps you? Anger, right? Your honor has just been damaged. Someone's looking down on you. They're acting like you're a chump. What happens when, uh, you know... When, when someone wants to sue you and take your stuff, how do you respond? What's the, what's the response? Anger. Because it's not right. It's not just. If someone forces you to go a mile under all of that weight, how does that make you feel? <laughs> Happy but tired. <laughs> Jack, you should do stand-up, man. What well, makes you angry because you, you're t- being taken advantage of. Someone is, someone is acting like you're less than, you're inferior. You're a nobody. How do you feel when pe- most of us, some of, some of you are generous, but for those of who, us who are not, right? How do you feel when someone comes up and starts asking you for, for money? <laughs> and go pound sand, man. 
what am I, your personal checking account? And more than that, what happens when, when stuff like this actually takes place in real life? We don't just get angry. We respond with anger. We act out of anger, right? We act out of disrespect. We act out of being dishonored. We get hot. And what, what happens then? So, so someone slaps you and you punch him right back. Well, then it starts to escalate because that guy doesn't want to take it from you. And so he's going to push back. He's going to get, he's going to be, he's going to be more, more forceful, right? Now it's not just, just, just fists, it's knives. And it's not just knives, it's guns. And then it's not just two people, it's entire families and communities and gangs. And when someone sues, you know, we live in an ultra litigious society. What happens? You sue them right back. You try to get all your lawyer fees accounted for. And then that person is now bankrupted, so they're going to go to their powerful friends and try to undermine you and destroy your life. When the Roman soldier says, do this, you, and your heart starts to burn because you can't say no, but then you start to foment rebellion. This actually happened um, in 66 AD after Jesus was raised, about 30 years after he was raised from the dead. Um, the Jewish people had had enough. And too many people had been pushed too far, and they started a rebellion. It ended with Rome coming in with the massive um, armies and destroying the temple in 70 AD. They raised the temple to be like, you stop. No more. But how did it start? It, it started with one guy being like, I'm tired. Take my stuff. Cycles of debt. Cycles of resentment starts when one person's like, I need this. I like, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. And then the person who gives gets tired of it and angry. The last thing I know, she hold your honor lightly. Be slow to take offense. Stop the cycles of retaliation before they start. Jesus isn't saying, don't defend your family if someone invades your home. You know, just take it. He's not saying that. What he's saying is that when you have the opportunity, when you're a part of a community that's, that's seeking and following him, see if you can stop the cycles of retaliation before they start. Because every time we offend each other, every time we hurt each other, it starts to build up and build up and build up and build up and then it explodes. And so what you can, what, what can you do that? The first thing is don't, don't think so highly of ourselves that, 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 oh, you, how can you, how dare you? Instead, be slow to take offense. There will be times when you have to take offense. Don't, Jesus gets that. But what if we started living in a, in a world where, where we, we sabotage that before it gets started? We find ways to, to let things go. We find ways not to be constantly angry and on edge and resentful and bitter and then acting out of that to create other people who are angry and resentful and bitter. What if we could just pull the plug on the whole cycle? Just stop it. That's what this teaching is about. And it brings up a, a, a series of questions, really important questions. So the first one is this. For everyone here, just, just right, gut check. What comes more naturally to you? Tit for tatting or letting it go? 
and this is this is, differs by person. They're, they're person to person. There's a lot of people out here. There's a lot of you and um, who are listening who are like, man, when someone, I just whatever. I I don't have the time or the energy, and so I just don't even worry about it. For the most part, but then there's other ones. This is hard for us. This is hard. Like when someone takes, we expect to receive. You know, when someone. We, that's how we operate with a ledger in our minds. That, that is, I mean, there's, there's not a right or wrong way to be human, but that is a, uh, that's, that's a, that could be a dangerous trigger, um, for a beginning of a cycle of retaliation. What triggers you to be offended? (laughs) What could you do to sabotage that reaction? It's different for all of us. I was just thinking though, like, how crazy was the last, you know, three years? Like, do you remember how offended everyone was all the time? <laughs> I mean, with masks and vaccines and all the things and like going, if you get off the, the arrows in the grocery store, you know, like it was a wild time. And there was, there were, there was a lot of us who were on both sides. Like people were just offended all the time. And I think that came from a sense of like, hey, we're trying to keep each other safe, right? Like, this is important stuff. But it became a trigger. One thing we can say is when someone does offend you, when they do trigger you, wait. Get a cool off period. Don't send that email. Just don't. Don't send that text. Wait. We know that uh, certain types of prayer produce calm. I think uh, the Bible, especially the Psalms, kind of indicate that when anger and when uh, resentment, when bitterness, when they start to crop up, the the first place that, that human beings should go is to pray. But the type of prayer that we use changes in different environments. There are times for us to pray God, bring down judgment on that. I won't do it, but I'm asking you to. But there's other times when the prayer needs to be something more like, God, give me peace. Give me your peace to know that you will bring justice. You will be the one who is merciful. You will be the one who will make things right. Let me have the courage, the ability, the wherewithal to just... Let go of this. Two more. Uh, Psychologists have noticed that people who are quick to take offense and retaliate tend to have two personalities. One uh, one is a very strong sense of justice, right and wrong, black and white. Um, People who, who see the world in a very, like, they're very quick to recognize when something has violated that, and they're very quickly to get mad about it. The other type of personality is one that's based in some kind of deep insecurity or a victim identity. Um, people who, who kind of hate themselves think everyone else hates them too. I don't know where you land on this. Um, I, I probably, over the course of my life, uh, when I was younger, I was definitely a justice and honor guy. And anytime anybody violated what I knew to be the way that God wanted things, I got mad. And I was mean. Later, uh, I think I developed a lot of insecurities due to, you know, anxiety. And I just, I just wasn't sure if I was 
if God was really leading me. And, and as a result, when, when I felt like I wasn't performing, man, I just got angry. If you're a justice person, what would it look like to start practicing mercy? If you're an insecurity person, what would it look like to know that you are a child of God and that he loves you? Just like we were singing, that, that he's, the, he's the, the potter. He's the artist. You're the canvas and the clay. And then last, are you in one of these cycles of retaliation? Are you in a relationship or a broken uh, relationship of some kind where it's just one after the other and it gets higher and higher and higher and the anger and the resentment building and building and building? What's it going to, what's it going to take to sabotage that? What's it going to take to pull the plug? What's it going to take to get out? Last but not least, the kingdom teaching is a, it's a kind of a now and not yet thing. When, when Jesus does the Sermon on the Mount, he's pointing to a time when you really will be able to turn the other cheek. When, when that will work. He's, and, and, and cultures that respect Christian values, that does often work. In the civil rights era, what made it successful was nonviolence, right? When, when people of color were, were being attacked, they didn't fight back. And that made a difference because the broader culture was shaped by Christian values. We're moving beyond that. Where that's gone. That's over now. But when the kingdom comes, when Jesus returns, that will be the way life is again. So what we're doing right here is we're doing our best to sabotage these cycles of retaliation in this community amongst these people and trusting that one day it will be for all and for everyone. Let's pray. Gracious God and Father, When we spat in your face, you sent your son to die for us. When we raised our fist against you, you came to be with us. When we denied you, you pursued us. And in the cross of Christ, you broke the power of retaliation once and for all. God, make us a merciful people. Make us a place where that power, that cross power, that self-giving power, that, that willingness not to take offense, to, to, to hold honor lightly, even when we deserve something, to, to put that away. Holy Spirit, bring that power to us in this place. God, if there's anger and resentment and bitterness, let's find, find ways for us to pull the plug. Give us courage to know that because you have victory in Jesus who pulled a plug once and for all, that, that someday everything will be set right and these cycles will be ended forever and we'll live in communities of harmony and peace for all of eternity. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.